Welcome to the History of the Batman with London, produced live, recorded live, at Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we, we, eh, this is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures in comics, art, and literature, the Batman. I will get the words out today, somehow. <laughs> They are kicking my teeth, and I'm stumbling over them. But I am here with London. This show is produced by Mason Booker. He's also engineering the boards. We've got Shadow Adam in the shadows. Big up, Shadow Adam. And London, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm trying to speak properly I today. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, but, but no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I imagine that in my mind, I can't get words out because I'm just thinking about the battle between Superman and Batman and all the dynamics happening there. I, I mean, know. that's a crazy it's thing. Exciting. It is a wonderful time to be alive. Every <laughs> time I drive down the street, I see Batman's back with Superman facing him. I see Superman's back with Batman facing him. I see them face to face, <laughs> nose to nose. I have never seen so much promotion yes. that is different. Right, it's not the same poster. There's, Every time you drive by, it's a different view. Do you know yeah. how many posters there are? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. Of the entire cast, there's at least like 10 and this not even including stuff that we've seen like on billboards and at bus stops and you know, just driving by there's so much there's so many different IMAX posters and everything they're really going all out right today um <laughs> I guess actually just last weekend I was at uh the Grove which mm -hmm. if you know where that is in Los Angeles uh they had the the individual character posters lined up oh yes and so it is Lois Lane, right? Yes. Okay, so that that's Lois Lane. Then there's Wonder Woman. Right. There's Batman, Superman, obviously. Right. Lex Luthor with the X. Right. And is there one more? Is Commissioner Gordon it's, got a poster? It's Alfred. Alfred. Jeremy Irons. Okay. He has the Wayne Enterprises logo on got his. Got it. Yes. Got it. So yeah, that's six of those that set a poster, yeah. So are you happy with the promotion so far? I mean, is this, is this setting the tone for something that you think is going to do the movie justice? I think so. I know that they're promoting it because... And it's interesting because, okay, when we first had the first trailer from last year's Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, and then that was it for months. People were begging for more footage and for more posters and for more images from the set. And then around Christmas time, we just were bombarded with all of these TV spots and posters and clips and everything. And now, since we're in the month of March and the movie is like a week away, it, they're just promoting it like crazy on all their social media, and like you said, all over the city and all these posters. And I think it really builds up the hype and they have something new every day and they have different contests you can enter to go to the premiere and all of this really fun stuff and 
it makes me even more excited every day when I see something new. I know for some people, it's a little much seeing they think they see too much of what the movie's going to be. But I think like I've stated in other podcasts, it's a long movie. There's a lot that's going to happen that we don't even know about. A lot is being built for the Justice League movie and for the rest of the DC universe. This is the starting point of just the bigger picture. So I think if you think about it, not just with Batman versus Superman, but just in terms of the whole DC universe, yes, it's major. I'm really excited. I really like their promotional campaign and what they're doing right okay. now. Yeah. And so if there is one poster that you would like to frame, put on your <laughs> wall to commemorate the launching of the DC universe in the movie world, which poster is it? I at least right now it's the it's the main poster. It has the Batman Superman symbol in the middle and Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill are facing each other and that's I think the main poster for the movie. I I would like that poster. Either that or even the simplistic logo that says Batman vs. Superman on Justice in the bottom. But yes, I would like the one where they're face to face and they have the logo in the middle. I think that by itself is really powerful and represents tells the story. Exactly. Tells the story. Yeah, I would love to hang that in the nerd cave. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> that nerd cave. <laughs> I'd like to see that nerd cave. <laughs> is there any other heroes or any other paraphernalia other than Batman related and DC related stuff in your nerd cave? Oh yes, there's a lot, but there is a huge section of Power Rangers Zords, like the ones that were from like the 90s, the original ones. Oh, yeah. We have those, <laughs> and they're lined up oh. like on two shelves. <laughs> yeah, speaking of weird things, <laughs> I saw a post of some of yours the other day about mm -hmm. Powderpuff Girls. Was that oh, you? the Powerpuff Girls? Powerpuff Girls. Oh yeah, the new series is coming out next month, and I I've loved the Powerpuff Girls forever, but they're different voices, a new voice yeah. cast, and that really bumps me out. I didn't know anyone loved the Powerpuff Girls I before. I do. <gasps> I do. I've loved them forever, <laughs> <laughs> and I will watch that show oh, on my. Cartoon Network. I am so excited, but I am pretty bummed because it's not the same voice actors, and it sounds similar but it's just not it's the same it's not the same it's, it's like when not. bugs bunny you know has a different voice right <laughs> except powerpuff girls are not as iconic as bugs bunny <laughs> it still matters okay. it does i didn't realize you're so when did you find time to become a powerpuff girl fan oh uh, with all this knowledge I... that you have of batman i don't know how you have time to do anything but that's beyond. i've been watching the powerpuff girls for years so it just I've just always been a fan. That's great. <laughs> so, okay. Yes. <laughs> You're entitled. I watch other things too. Oh, apparently. <laughs> I know you do. So let's get right into it. Before we do, however, I'd just like to again let everyone know that there are some other great podcasts out of the Meltdown Network. Uh, London, you know about Matt Kennedy's. Can you tell right. the people a little bit about Pod Sequentialism with Matt Kennedy? Yep. That is a great podcast. It talks a lot about just comic book art, pop culture. He has amazing guests like almost every week, and he really dives into this world like we do, but from just a really interesting perspective, especially since he's a gallery owner and he's into the art world. And every yeah. show is, is great. And yeah. he gives a lot of great insight that I think a lot of people, ideas and 
and debates and things that people have on their mind, especially if you are a fan of art and comic book world itself. So right. yeah. At, and he was a guest on the podcast and he's just great. Yeah, and I great. listen to that podcast all the time. It's it's yeah. it's awesome. And that Joker story he's got. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's great. That is right. So you want to go back and listen to that fans if you haven't uh, heard it it's good (laughs) and then we've got of course meltdown moms we've got uh melt cast 3.0 we've got on some hip-hop ish we have mason show we've got mason show anime attic and he's about to do uh he might have already done it but so you be on the lookout for ninja scroll where they awesome oh yeah you've seen (laughs) that right that's awesome see that is your range i mean your powerpuff girls to ninja (laughs) scroll i mean i'm impressed but that ninja scroll one is going to be amazing because you know to me that is my favorite anime movie of all time at this point I've not seen anything better, but I'd like to <laughs> because that is unbelievable. Yeah. And then we've got on some hip hop ish, if I didn't already say that. And we've got a few in the works. So stay tuned. Meltcomics.com. That will give you the lowdown. London, okay. let's talk Batman Superman. Okay. We're on to <laughs> post. Post? Yes, post-crisis. Post-crisis. So last episode, if you listen, we talked about... The Golden and Silver Age of Comics. We talked about World's Finest. So we talked about the first stories of Batman and Superman together. And most, if not all, were team-ups. They worked together. They weren't fighting against each other. We hit some stories where they were fighting, but it all was resolved in the end. And it was either an imaginary story or it only lasted for a few pages. And their relationship was more of like team they were they were a team they were best friends they were good friends they had a really solid friendly relationship um superman batman and robin they were definitely a major dynamic duo dynamic trio they were world's finest now we're going into the 1980s where and i say post-crisis because from the 1930s to 1985 1986 it is considered pre-crisis because the saga or the huge epic crisis on infinite earths happened in the mid-1980s a marv wolfman george perez project and just like if you're familiar with the new 52 and the reboot idea crisis on infinite earth was the first major reboot that DC Comics publication had and what that meant was there were a lot of characters who disappeared from the new continuity or there are the old classic characters that were given new origin stories and it was just a reboot it was just a restart of the the whole universe so when I say post-crisis that's after Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it's it's the second redoing of the DC Universe, which means we have a first, um, a new first meeting of Batman and Superman. And unlike the first meeting we talked about in the last episode, where they're on a cruise ship and they discover each other's identities in a kind of silly manner, this story is a little bit darker. It's a little bit um, showing the animosity and kind of the distrust that we see that we'll see in future stories that we'll talk about Mm. so real quick two things yes the first being what happens with the dc universe Mm -hmm. 
is that they have a period of time where they tell stories. Right. Then something, some crisis happens. Right. They reboot the whole thing. Yes. And it starts over a new history. Right. And how many times have they done this? They have done this about, like, a few times. Like, there was Christ on Infinite Earths. There was, uh, the, there was, like, a final crisis. There was identity crisis. Um, so about three, I think, solid. And the other ones were smaller reboots. And I think Crisis on Infinite Earths that happened in the 80s was a major reboot. And then when New 52 happened in 2011, that was the next major reboot. Okay. And then there were, like, a couple of smaller quote-unquote crisis that happened within the 2000s. All right. So it's a way to reset the characters and maybe just deal with unresolved plot uh, plot threads yes. that maybe weren't going anywhere <laughs> and make everything fresh and new for a new um, community. Yes. I really think that the idea of the reboot is something that is for the creators of these comics to <clears throat> either take out something they don't really want or to redo something they just think is a good idea. Mm -hmm. It is definitely an outside universe thing, the reboot. Right. <laughs> and it's also, it sounds like it's something for the fans. Right, Because exactly. it's hard for a fan to come into a comic book that's, say, issue 325. Yes. Try to figure out what's been happening for 325 issues, mm -hmm. make sense of it, and then enjoy the story. Right. And um, I guess if we're looking at comics now, the um, DC is doing Rebirth, which isn't necessarily an entire universe reboot, but they are starting with number one issues and things like that. And we'll talk about that probably in a future episode because we're going to get more information about Rebirth at WonderCon, which is happening, I think, next weekend, the March 25th to 27th. So yeah. we're going to hear about that. And Are you they, doing anything for WonderCon? I will be there. <laughs> and I'm hoping to go to the major DC panels like the DC panel for Rebirth, which is also going to be streaming on YouTube. So if you cannot make it to WonderCon, you can watch it on YouTube and see the major developments. And they're going to announce the creative teams and all that. So I will be going to panels. I will be walking around there. So, of course, if you see me, come say hi. And and I will be, especially on the blog, on Instagram, and on Twitter, I will try to update you guys with the latest news that comes out of WonderCon while I'm there. There you go. <laughs> All right. So let's go. Post-crisis. All right. First so, meeting. Batman, Superman. Yes. And this is in Superman, Man of Steel, number three. And this was in November of 1986. And I'm talking about this story first before our next story, even though... In real time, the story came out after. But since it's the first meeting, I thought we should start with that. And it's a John Byrne st story. And he was the writer and the illustrator. And like I said, this is definitely going to set the tone for the next few decades of these characters. And the basics of it is that Superman and Batman meet. And Superman sees Batman's vigilantism as him being an outlaw. He sees him as a danger and that he needs to be arrested. He needs to be taken into custody. He doesn't think he should be running around Gotham City. But Batman warns him that if he, he or someone else, the 
police or anyone tries to arrest him or apprehend him or something happens that a random citizen in the city is going to die, that there's going to be a bomb, an explosion. We don't know who it is. So, And it's all thanks to the criminal Magpie. And so that's why Batman is trying to trail Magpie, but him and Superman work together to stop Magpie from setting off bombs and killing people. And they're successful, even though they're kind of they don't really want to work together. They're reluctant, but they come together. They stop Magpie, and then Batman tells Superman that the person that was going to die out of all the citizens was him, was Batman, and he withheld this information from him because they he doesn't really trust Superman, and Superman doesn't really trust him, and in the end, they go their separate ways, and Batman kind of notes that Maybe in another reality, we could be good friends because even though I don't really trust him, I see that there is definite good in him. He even kind of reflects that this good isn't really in him, in Batman. So he notes that maybe in another world, they would be friends. And this story, it's Superman, Man of Steel number three is important because for Batman, in terms of continuity, this is the earliest appearance of Batman because this story is kind of set in a early year type of story. So this is the first post-crisis continuity appearance of Batman. And like I said, this story sets the tone for the relationship that Batman and Superman will evidently have in future comics, in TV shows, in animated film in video games and all of the media that you really see and I think if everyone wants to know where did this Batman versus Superman kind of feel happen it's with this story and it's with our next story which is of course the most important I think when you're trying to figure out what Batman vs Superman is based off it's Frank Miller's Batman mm. A Dark Knight Returns which was in 1986 Klaus Janssen and Lynn Verily they were the illustrators it was four issues and we've talked about this yeah, book Yeah we did on, a whole episode Right we did a whole episode on this book but the story is set in a possible alternate universe and it has a retired Bruce Wayne and he comes back to don the cape and the cowl because of emerging threats that happen in Gotham from the mutant gang to Two-Face coming back and he feels that he has to return to be the hero that Gotham needs and he struggles with not only facing the the idea of the dual identity that he's had for years with t- tackling Bruce Wayne the kind of old and wearied human that he is and then Batman and realizing that he's not going to be the same Batman that he was 40 years ago and he definitely has a struggle with that and he takes on a new sidekick young Carrie Kelly and she helps him fight the mutant gang and fight Two-Face and fight Joker who comes back out of a canonic state knowing that Batman has arrived again and that and then this arc itself, Frank Miller's writing of this alternate universe is great, but of course everyone remembers Batman and Superman fighting, and it's because with 
Batman making headlines and news and being the vigilante he is, the U.S. government wants to put a stop to it because they did before. And they ask the one person they know that can do that, and that's Superman. Mm. And so Superman is pretty much told to take out Batman. And Batman knows this, and he prepares probably... This is still one of the the best illustrations of Batman using prep time. I know everyone's like, oh, Batman can win anything because of prep time. And he that is his strength. And we've done episodes where we know that he doesn't win every time. Right. But this definitely was a major advantage. So, so he builds a bat suit. Right. He builds an armored, uh, you know, powered armored bat suit he has the batmobile which is a tank in this mm-hmm. universe and he has these sonic and electronic gadgets that can fight against superman and they go head to head and superman of course he gets a few blows but you have to remember in this story superman is weakened by this anatomic blast that he blocks and he's holding back because he really, if he, if Superman could, and people have to remember this, even going into the movie, yeah. to going to watch it, if he really wanted to, and even he says it in a trailer, if I wanted it, you'd be dead already, and it's kind of true. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I know Batman fans don't want to hear that, but it's true, and I always say I am very realistic about my fiction. I love Batman a I lot, like but I know that he has limitations. That's one of the reasons why I love Batman. Mm-hmm. Because he's human, he has flaws. So Superman is holding back in this fight, but of course he fights him, and what stops it all is with the help of Oliver Queen or Green Arrow, he uses a kryptonite arrow and hits Superman, and he is definitely weakened because it's kryptonite. And so Batman gets his final blows, and he wins the fight, but then he has a staged heart attack and to the public Bruce Wayne is dead and people know that Bruce Wayne is Batman but he does this to start his own kind of underground army so he doesn't have to go out and be Batman anymore and Superman discovers that he's not dead and everything but this fight the design of Batman's armored suit the design of his suit here um, the age that Ben Affleck is in the movie and a lot of the different elements even in certain things we see a little you might see kryptonite we probably will even in toys like the action figures that have come out on the Batmobile for like kids toys they have kryptonite darts and Batman Mm. has kryptonite gauntlets and things like that so you know that kryptonite is going to be in this movie somehow right so there are a lot of influences from frank miller's the dark knight returns well i think when you look at that bat suit that's on all the trailers right now right yeah and you look at what frank miller designed yes it's almost it's a spitting image definitely which is very exciting like i said for people who love the comics well right it's, because it's, it's frank miller's it's batman right, right, and, which, and, it's, and it's an older bruce wayne exactly so you've got these elements which made that great which i think that people are relying on or hoping that if a fraction of that is replicated in right. this movie it's gonna be great Exactly. And even on Twitter and Instagram page, 
I've at times compared the stills and the trailers that we've seen to certain images from this comic, from issue four of The Dark Knight Falls, if you want to read and see this fight. And it's like a spinning image, like you said, Batman hitting Superman or kicking him in the face or any of that is very similar to what we see within Frank Miller's comics. So they definitely took heavy inspiration. I'm not saying that it's going to be the exact way, like we know exactly what's going to happen because I really don't think that's going to be possible. I don't think that will flow into what's happening here in the movie, of course. But there'll be elements of it for sure. Definitely, yes. So that is perhaps the biggest influence for the movie that we'll talk about in this short series. And if you haven't read it, it's, it's a must read for any Batman fan. I think. I mean, there's a there's a nice list, and we've done episodes like that before, where we talked about must reads for Batman fans, especially people want to get into comics and essential Batman stories. This is definitely on the list. Cool. What um, have we got? Something else here? That, yeah. that's, I mean, that's the iconic <laughs> that's one right it. there. <laughs> We're done. You no. usually end with Frank Miller. <laughs> I know there's some fans out there that say that's all I talk about, the Dark Knight, but. You know what? It was that important. So <laughs> it was. It was. It was very it. important for Batman and just for comics at the time, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we talked about Kryptonite in the Frank Miller story, I wanted to quickly note, as we're going in chronological order, if we go to 1990, there's a story. Uh, it's a Roger Stern story. It's an action comic, so it's in a Superman book. It's in 654. And it's the first time you see Batman in this continuity. Because, of course, Dark Knight Returns is in the future. So he's an older Batman. This is in the future. But in the regular continuity, this is the first time you see Batman with Kryptonite. And it's and the Kryptonite is given to him by Superman. Because a threat happens between him and Lex Luthor. And Superman feels that even though, of course, he's the good, he's the good guy, he's the... American hero and everything, if for some reason he would ever go rogue, if they couldn't control him, and with Superman he has all of these powers in the world, if he really wanted to dominate and control the world, he could, he gave Batman piece of kryptonite. He said, if I ever go rogue, if I ever go out of control, you are the one person that I trust that I can give this kryptonite to and would use it appropriately. So even though we just talked about Batman and Superman duking it out and probably the most popular story of them fighting, we still have that element in certain stories of Superman and Batman trusting one another. They may not agree with their ideologies and their morale at times. And Batman has even noted in certain things that Superman is just a better person than I am. He would make different decisions than I would. Superman still trusts him with, still trusts Batman with his ultimate weakness. He trusts him that he wouldn't just randomly use it, but he would use it in a time of need because Batman is that sensible of a person. So if you want to see that kind of starting with, because everyone thinks that, oh, Batman always carries kryptonite on him. And in some stories they show that and other stories they say, oh yeah, he has a little pocket that's lead lined in his utility belt that has kryptonite, but that didn't really start until the 1990s. So Action Comics 6 and 4, it's a really good arc. Uh, it's a great story. And you get to see kind of a trust between Superman and Batman, even with all of this uh, fighting and things that we'll talk about and other issues. 
Um, and then the next story, I really want to throw it in there because I'm sure, as you know, I'm a huge uh, 90s animated series fan. And a great Batman Superman story is the World's Finest movie, which came out in 1997. It has Kevin Conroy's Batman and Tim Daly as Superman. And they eventually have to team up to stop the Joker and Lex Luthor from their plans. And what's always my favorite to watch in the story is that Lois Lane falls in love with uh, Bruce Wayne. And that totally kills Clark because, of course, he loves Lois. And Lois, in the end, finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And she's all conflicted because she thought she was done with caped heroes. And that whole love triangle that happens there is just really fun. So it's another way that Batman and Superman are conflicting. Um, And then, of course, there's a great scene where Batman shows Superman a little bag of kryptonite and it weakens him and he knows that even a little bit hurts and just a lot of good scenes and stories in there. So that's another great Batman Superman story, but it's from the animated series. Um, And since we talked about The Dark Knight Returns, which technically is almost, it's kind of like an Elseworlds. Elseworlds didn't exist yet, but it it was in an alternate universe, something that could happen, but wasn't exactly canon. But we go into the 1996 um, arc, Kingdom Come, which is regarded as one of the best DC comics Elseworlds, I think. Of course, there. I think Batman has some of the has probably the most Elseworlds out of all of the DC characters. But Kingdom Come literally has every character, if if not every character. I don't know who's missing, but most, if not all, of the DC universe is involved in Kingdom Come. And that's a great, it is great series in terms yes. of illustration. Yes, Alex Ross is illustrator, and Alex Ross's work is stunning right. of course not often that alex ross does a full comic yes so when he does it's it's beautiful and mark wade was the writer and his work is always great too i'm a fan of mark wade's and in this story batman and superman are on opposite sides because we have this war between the old classic Justice League heroes, the more traditional heroes, and then we have a new generation of heroes, but they're kind of violent and don't hold the standards that kind of the the classic Justice League did. And Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern are on the one side, the the, the traditional side, and then Batman's on the other side, and he has his outsiders, and he's with the kind of new generation, and there's Green Arrow involved, and Martian Manhunter, and the list on the each team is just, it's a mile long. But Batman and Superman do counter one another in terms of how to deal with this new threat, and the new threat, of course, is Lex Luthor, which if you can see, it's kind of a reoccurring theme, and it'll be a theme in Batman vs Superman. Lex Luthor, of course, you can tell is the reason why, or one of the reasons why they're pitted against one another. He wants to see this fight, and I'm sure there is valid reason why. But Lex is always in between something between Batman and Superman, and he has the Mankind Liberation Front, and is kind of starting his own diplomatic, you know team up and so Batman and Superman have to stop this and in the same regard they have to fight each other because they don't believe in the same ideals or morale in terms of the new superheroes versus the old superheroes 
But if you want to see the entire DC universe in one story mm-hmm. and you want to see brilliant orcs of art and a great storyline, that is an Elseworld. It's all an alternate universe, but it's it's very well written and it's a really great story. And it is another Batman Superman type of story. Even if they're not throwing punches necessarily, right. they still are at different ends of the fight. Yeah. Well, I think that's the one thing. It illustrates just their philosophical differences. Right. I mean, and which is so interesting because, you know, they do ultimately trust each other at yes. the end of the day. Yes. They do. When it all is said and done, but yet they do have these differences and they see the effect of each other and how effective they are with their crime fighting. Mm -hmm. But yet it's still, they just annoy each other. Yeah. And because they're different people being, I guess, Superman being alien, how, whatever term you want to use. And, even though at in at the end of the day they both fight for good, they both fight for justice and everything. They're they're different people. Yeah. They have just different motives and different ways of fighting. And Batman definitely sees Superman as the all powerful being that yes, if he really wanted to, he could dominate the the world right. if he really wanted to and i think batman always keeps that in mind well i think he does sometimes though batman acts as if he just knows that superman won't cross the line right i think a part of him knows the power he has but then he knows that he doesn't utilize it in a way that maybe other people would i mean if right. if you had all the power in the world would you use it for good or would you use it for evil or to dominate and and i think even if anyone asks that question you you wonder what you would do with it right hopefully you would use it for good but then there's other people who are like oh if i can rule the world then i'll rule the world right well batman <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and yeah. obviously there are people fighting that but batman sometimes does, he takes advantage of of superman's you know, I guess, morals right. or distinctions of what justice is. Right. And he definitely um, will take advantage of the little part, the little human that Superman has gained from being on Earth for his lifespan and being raised on Earth. And we kind of see that in the next story we're going to talk about, which is in Batman Hush. Great it's, transition. <laughs> and it's Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. It's 2002. It's a great story arc. Of course, it's like I've, I think I've mentioned it before. It's a great Batman story if you want to see a really detailed and beautiful collection of the rogues gallery. If you are a fan of Batman's villains, they are all there and they each have their own little piece of this story. And we are introduced to a new villain, Hush. And one of the most memorable issues in this story, and it's from Batman, the it's within the Batman publication. It's from Batman 608 to Batman 619. So if you want to read Hush, it's within those comics or if you want to collect it. Um, we have another Batman-Superman fight. And what happens is Poison Ivy has manipulated Superman using her pheromones, and he is under her mind control. And 
he of course is fighting it with his own will like i said kind of with his own humanity that he's gained over the years being on earth and batman has to stop him because superman like i said if he is an inhibited superman that is not for good and it's just mind control and poison ivy is telling him to do whatever he wants then he can dominate and batman has to go in and stop him and he uses several different wayne tech gadgets but he uses a kryptonite ring and he fights superman with that and superman is trying to hold back with the little will that he has over poison ivy's power and that little will it's actually how batman wins this fight in a sense he with the help of catwoman he shows lois lane in danger he puts her in danger and superman wanting to save her kind of snaps out of poison ivy's trance and he's back to normal and the fight is over so technically batman has a win in this but kind of what we were talking about that Batman had to manipulate what this the humanity and the will and the morale that kind of Superman embodies even though he's an alien he still has the same feelings and everything that that all humans have I mean he doesn't they don't want Lois Lane the love of his life to be injured hurt killed any of that and he would do anything to save her even snap out of this mind control so of course and it's and it's fun because the cover to this I think is issue 612 um, it has Superman grabbing Batman by the neck but then in the comics Batman is beating up Superman so it's misleading but Jim Lee's work is beautiful so the cover is stunning all of the work in the story is stunning and Jeff Loeb is an amazing writer uh, the long Halloween is one of my favorite arcs of his with Tim Sale um, but yes yeah, so definitely seeing Batman and Superman fighting for different reasons for different causes and what strengths what weaknesses each have within these fights like you said they fight but at the end they still trust each other. They still regard each other as friends or teammates because even outside of this, there's the Justice League and they work together when they have to. And yeah, we see these in different stories. And I think for this episode, our last story kind of goes back to the beginning. It's the second part of Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns series. It's Batman, The Dark Knight Strikes Again which came out in 2002 as well and is still the same creative team for Dark Knight Returns. And we've talked about this also in an episode for a Dark Knight Returns episode. And Batman does fight Superman in this. Um, just a little backstory. Batman has to come back and put on the cape and the cowl again because Lex Luthor, of course, is another rising threat. And on his side, he has certain... Justice League members and but Superman and Wonder Woman and Shazam other characters are being blackmailed kind of with Lex threatening to hurt their loved ones their family the people that they care about so they have to work for him and that in turn is going up against Batman and the other Justice League members that he's working with and so in the first issue of this is like a three-part story. Um, Batman kind of lures Superman to the Batcave, which totally gives Batman the upper hand. And along with other members of the Justice League, he fights Superman, but he has these huge kryptonite gauntlet 
gloves on. So he literally gets to pummel Superman with kryptonite. And of course, he wins the fight. So that's another. So like I said earlier, from seeing merchandise for Batman vs. Superman, we see kryptonite gloves and we see kryptonite darts. And this will definitely be part of how Batman will get some type of upper hand or will weaken Superman. But in most stories, that's what's used because that is his weakness. That's his weakness. Right. Did you, um, isn't there uh, a part in the story, and I don't want to jump too much ahead, mm-hmm. but Superman has a kid in in the second. Uh, right. Isn't that right? Yeah, like him and, and Wonder Woman, they, she's pregnant because they're like a couple in this universe. And that comes back in the new DK3, right? Right. The daughter, yeah. So, so that's yeah, and a, if you're reading that, that's I, I'm enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, it is. I, I don't. I'm. I've heard good things or good reviews and things like that, but it's, it's good. I didn't know what I was expecting reading it, but so far I'm enjoying it, and I'm enjoying the side Dark Knight Universe stories too. And yeah, those it's little good. ash can. Yeah, yeah, those little comics. Yeah, those are fun too. (laughs) That is fun. Yeah, so yeah. And you're reading also Batman versus Ninja Turtles. Yes, I am. (laughs) So am I actually. I've read those three. Yes. I've enjoyed them. I I know. I They're a little cheesy, but they're fun. But they are fun. But they still have the same elements from both of these like iconic characters and, and groups. So it's it's fun to kind of see them clash together. It's it's great. <laughs> Sorry to take you off. But... No, it's fine. Um, so for this episode, I think we've covered a few stories that I think illustrate that yeah, they're still world's finest in a sense, but now they clash. They have trust issues in a sense, even though they still know that they both fight for good. They still at times have to go head to head for the greater good. So. And I think that's what people are trying to see in the movie. They're trying to see why they're fighting, how they're going to fight, who's going to quote-unquote win. But as I've read in an interview that Ben Affleck said, no one wins. Truth is the winner or something. Mm. So, And everyone's like, that's cryptic. What does that mean? And it's Some like higher concepts. <laughs> so you just have to wait and see. But we'll definitely see some epic fight which everyone is excited about and for the next episode and our the last show in this series we'll talk about stories from the mid-2000s to the prequel comics that are out for the movie and that'll set us up for by the time that show is out that it'll be a few days before the movie comes out that's great so real quick though mm-hmm. there was a world's finest comic that came out for a while. Right? Oh, yes, yes. And that was featuring Batman and Superman. Right. So what was happening during that time? Well, the stories were still, there were still team-ups. There was World's Finest, and then there was the Superman-Batman comic that we'll talk about certain stories from there, too. Um, but they were more modern team-ups, and it wasn't as, of course, the same stories that we talked about in the last episode. But yes, for a brief period of time, World's Finest did come back. The It was like a volume two. So um, that was more of the in-depth stories but still a peaceful relationship between the two and And what we've highlighted is more of the distrust the discord and how there might be instead of superman and batman it's superman 
versus Batman. Right, exactly. Yes, and hopefully some of the stories just, right, it showed the different fights they had, but then some like the action comics show how that Superman trusts Batman, even if at times they do clash, but he trusts him with his biggest weakness. And at the end of the day, like you said, it kind of does come back to they know that they that they both are good for the the cause in a way. <laughs> good, good. All right. So what are you doing on Instagram up until the movie? Up until the movie, every day it started March 1st to the 25th, which March 25th is when the movie comes out. Every day I'm talking about a different Batman and Superman story, whether they are teaming up like in the classic world's finest or they're fighting like in Miller's Dark Knight Returns, or it's a little bit of both. Um, some of the stories that we talked about on this podcast, they're more in-depth with the story, creators, to significance. If you go on Instagram.com slash History of the Batman, you'll read them. They're all marked. We're counting it by days. So if you see day one, day two, day three, et cetera, and it'll go all the way to day 25, which that will be the prequel comics that we'll discuss in our next episode. Very good. And how can people get in touch with you? If you have any comments, questions, requests for future shows, you can always email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. You can contact me on instagram.com slash historyofthebatman. You can tweet at twitter.com slash histofthebatman on historyofthebatman.tumblr.com and like on Facebook at facebook.com slash historyofthebatman. But yes, if you want to reach out to me, you can definitely email at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. Sounds good. (laughs) All right, London. Well, I think we've wrapped it up. We've given people a little bit more juice, a little bit more meat and potatoes to (laughs) get at before this movie comes out, this earth-shattering movie that is going to rock your world. I think so. I don't know if you'll be able to talk after (laughs) the movie. You'll probably be sitting there in a happy fetal position just (laughs) in glee over this. I'm hoping. I think I'll have that response. I'm hoping that I'll enjoy it as much as I think I will. But I'm optimistic about it, of course. Yes, (laughs) and that is the great thing about you and the history of the Batman site and the podcast it just your love comes out and uh, I think everyone feels a little bit of that so thank you (laughs) no thank you I always love talking about Batman (laughs) all right well there you have it so everyone if you've enjoyed the show obviously keep on tuning in if you're interested in a t-shirt that has the history of the Batman with London logo Go on to T Public. That's T E E Public P U B L I C dot com. Just type in either Meltdown or History of the Batman and get yourself a super cool shirt. I'm telling you, I've got one, <laughs> and I love They're it. They're awesome. They are yeah, really good. So These are quality shirts. Definitely support the podcast and support Batman. <laughs> there you go. You can do one, or you could do uh, both things in one time by getting a T-shirt. Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again all for listening. Hope you have a great week. And London. Peace, love, and Batman. <laughs>